Welcome to 10 Secrets to Success and Inner Peace, inspired by Dr. Wayne Dyer's book of the same name. 10 Tangible Ideas for Living in Harmony with Universal Principles and Divine Law. 10 Attitudes and Approaches to Life for Aligning Our Consciousness, that is, our thoughts, feelings, beliefs, values, attitudes, and actions with spiritual truth. So far in this series, we've talked about having a mind that is open at the top. That was secret number one. Think outside the box and be open to the good. We've looked at the wisdom of not dying with our music still in us, of singing that wonderful, beautiful, God-given song that is placed within our souls and letting it shine forth into the world. We've explained why we can't give away what we don't have. That's a big concept, right? So you can't give away love if you can't love. You can't give away peace if you can't find peace. So that is part of what we looked at. We have accepted that we can give up our personal history. That was last week. And we have understood that we can't... What? Can't remember? (laughs) It was just last week. We can't solve a problem without the mind that created it. This stuff is simple, and yet it's tough. All the sacred cows are dropping by the wayside. You may even feel like Dyer and I are meddling in your life in places we don't belong, huh? Such as the young man who visited his priest for confession after being absent for a long time. The priest had finished hearing the young man's confession and was considering this man's penitence. Are you sure you're going to try and set aside all sin? Yes, Father, I certainly am going to try, replied the man. In fact, I hereby resolve to double my efforts. And you're going to attend Mass regularly, my son? The priest went on. Yes, Father, I realize I've strayed. I shall both worship and confess every week. And how about your debts and all those people you've cheated, inquired the priest. Now wait just a minute, father, said the man. Now you're talking about business, not religion. (laughs) If you think we've meddled so far, wait until today. So how are we going to meddle today? With the next two secrets, according to Dyer, um, the first one for the morning is secret seven. It's entitled, There Are No Justified Resentments. But wait a minute, you might be thinking, I have the right to be upset because of the way I've been treated. I have a right to be angry, hurt, depressed, sad, resentful. If only you knew what I've been through, if only you knew how I've been treated, you'd understand. You may have a right, but making the choice to not think that way found its way on Dyer's list of top 10 secrets for living a life of inner peace, success, and happiness. So let's explore it. He uses an analogy for this secret um, using the TV program, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? We all are familiar with it. Um, If a contestant answers 15 multiple choice questions correctly, he or she wins a million dollars. Starting with a $100 question, the person in the hot seat answers five questions. 
Each time a question is answered correctly, the money doubles. So in five questions, they reach the $1,000 level. If the contestant doesn't answer all five questions correctly, he or she leaves with nothing. But if the contestant does answer all five correctly, that $1,000 is guaranteed no matter what else happens. Then the next five questions are more difficult. So if the contestant answers the next five questions correctly, and by doubling the amount every time, he or she reaches the $32,000 level. And if this level is reached, then the $32,000 is guaranteed no matter what else happens. And finally, there are five more increasingly difficult questions, which, if answered correctly, will result in $1 million. So... There are three crucial levels to attain. There's the $1,000 level achieved by answering five relatively simple uh, questions, the $32,000 level, which involves five increasingly difficult questions, and then the grand finale, the one million if the next five much more difficult questions are answered. We might say that these levels can serve as analogies to the levels we must achieve in order to reach what we're going to call a million-dollar level of awareness, that level of spiritual awareness where resentments cannot live, but where success and inner peace abide always. So let's look at the three levels. You have the $1,000 level of awareness. That $1,000 level is one in which we learn to leave blame behind. If we don't learn this, we go home with nothing. What does relinquishing blame mean? It means never assigning responsibility to another for what we are experiencing. It means that we are willing to say, I may not understand why I have this illness or why I had this accident or why this happened to me or why you're acting like such a jerk or why whatever, but I'm willing to take full responsibility for my life and its outcomes. Why do this? It seems obvious, but it's worth discussing for a moment. When we take responsibility for the events in our lives, we then can take responsibility for changing them or learning from them and moving on. Does that make sense? Okay, if we place blame on another person for what is happening. Then we have to wait for them to change before we can recover or move ahead. For example, if your behavior makes me feel threatened in some way, or if your behavior gives me a stress headache, then you have to change before I can feel safe. Or you have to change before my headache goes away. And as much as I would like to think that everyone will change that may not, in fact, happen in the individual circumstance. So at the $1,000 level, blame has to go. If it doesn't, two things will happen. One, we'll go home with nothing, and two, we're unable to move to the next level. The $1,000 level of awareness leading to success and inner peace is to let go of blame. If you can do even this, you'll take away a prize in a big way. But if you want to go for the even bigger price, shoot for the next level. That's the $32,000 level. That is the level at which we live from a place where our automatic response is to not be resentful about anything 
and choosing to forgive everything. Let me say that again. This is really important. The $32,000 level is the level at which we permanently say, I will not be resentful about anything and I will forgive everything. The foundation of virtually all spiritual practice is the concept of forgiveness. And this concept appears here at that $32,000 level. The master teacher, Jesus, not only taught us about forgiveness, but actually lived what he taught during his own agony and death. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. The first word. Does all of this mean we can't have preferences and opinions? No. If we have an opinion, then we express ourselves clearly and sincerely, and then we release it and let it go. And I'm going to put a caveat on that. We express our opinion when it is necessary. Because a lot of times, opinions stir up stuff that didn't need to be brought up. Making peace with someone else's opinion and letting them have it, there's power in that because you're not assuming the upset. Doing the slow burn of resentment is not releasing it. That $32,000 level requires us to forgive every single person in our lives who ever harmed us, cheated us, defamed us, abandoned us, etc. And let's not get forgiveness confused with encouraging relationships. You can forgive someone's impact on your life and still know that it is not healthy to continue a relationship with that person. Okay? So when I say it is important to forgive, you let them be free of emotional attachment. You no longer hold their offense against them. They have to live with it, not you. And they can live with it over there, and it's okay. So spiritually, why must we practice forgiveness? Unforgiveness and resentments are like a dam inside of us blocking the flow of that infinite energy of life. There's an old Chinese proverb, if you're going to pursue revenge, you must dig two graves. It's because your resentment will destroy you. Or you might think of it like this. When we receive a snake bite, it's not the bite that harms. It's the poison and the venom. Unforgiveness and resentment are like the venom that pours through our systems and poison us long after the perceived pain of the snake bite. We can remove that venom by deciding to forgive and let go of the resentment. And then we have the opportunity to move to the one million dollar level. At that level, we send love in some form to those who have bitten us. In order to move into the highest levels of thought and being, in order to move into the realm of self-actualization and higher consciousness, we must first relinquish all blame, next release all resentment and forgive, and then be willing to radiate love, joy, peace, kindness as our response to whatever comes our way. And we thought the first two levels were a challenge, right? 
At this level, coming from a place of love is more important than being right. So if we encounter something that offends us, we choose to depersonalize it, to separate ourselves from it, to take a step back and send peace and love instead of justified indignation. Gosh, I love that phrase because it makes me want to giggle every time I hear it. It's not a thing. There is a story told of the Buddha Um, when one day he was addressing his followers and a man approached him and proceeded to unleash a stream of obscenities at him. The Buddha remained silent, softly smiling at the man, which caused that verbal abuse to become even more vicious. And finally, the attacker stopped and asked the Buddha why he was unmoved by what was being said to him. And the Buddha, as he often did, replied with a question. If you are offered a gift and refuse to accept it, to whom does the gift belong? I suppose it still belongs to the giver, the man replied. Well, responded the Buddha, I have declined your gift. The Buddha refused to receive the negativity that the man was trying to give him. He refused to make it his own. He did only one thing. He sent that man love and peace. The Buddha had a million-dollar consciousness. Now, for us mortals, that takes some doing. I'll admit it, but it's the only way that life will really work. Work at the highest level, that million-dollar level. Why? Because we are the clearest channel for the expression of God when we are expressing love. Because what is God? God is love And love is God, according to Paul. If you'd like to see these three levels of consciousness vividly depicted with the consequences at each level clearly shown, I have a movie to recommend to you. It's an older one. I think it's from 2008, 2009, maybe a little earlier. Um, And it's called Changing Lanes with Ben Affleck and Samuel L. Jackson. I found that it is the perfect representation for this. So if you want to see that, then go to your favorite streaming platform, whatever. That's what we do these days, right? TV people? We stream everything? Is that right? I don't TV, but that's a good movie. And moving on, I want to uh, introduce the eighth secret for success in inner peace with some words of wisdom expressed throughout the ages that support this secret. And you know I do this. I quote from everybody all over the place. It is my... It's my thing. So first we have the ancient words of Lao Tzu. He's the Chinese philosopher, which was really easy for me to say. I almost called him a philophiler. That's an entirely different thing. Um, He's the founder of Taoism. Says a journey of a thousand miles must begin with a single step. We're told in the Bible, faith without works is dead. The famous artist Pablo Picasso once said, what one does is what counts and not what one has the intention of doing. Irish author Brendan Francis wrote, inspiration never goes in for a long engagement. It demands immediate marriage to action. There's a German proverb that says, God gives us the nuts, but it does not crack them for us. 
And finally, some very wise words from a young boy when he and his friend were hurrying along in fear of being late for school. His friend said, oh, let's pray that we get to school on time. And our wise little boy replied, good idea, but while we pray, let's run. (laughs) All these wise words support our eighth secret in our series of ten. What was the common theme running through all these statements? Of course, it's taking action. The eighth secret for success and inner peace I've entitled, Act As If. It's using a phrase coined by psychologist William James. Act as if and it shall be. Or in Dyer's words, treat yourself as if you already are that which you wish to be. Why in the world would you do this? On the surface, maybe it seems kind of ridiculous, maybe even crazy. You might, think, you might think that I'm meddling again, but I do that. If I am clearly not that which I wish to be, whether that be wealthy or healthy or wise, what good does it do to pretend that I am, right? This secret. The eighth secret of a spirit-centered life and thereby a life of success and inner peace invites us to align with a fundamental tenet in new thought. That which we have in our consciousness, we attract into our lives. And what is consciousness? It is our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, values, attitudes, and actions. There's the key. Our actions are a vital component in our consciousness. Dyer writes that our actions are how we set in motion the creative forces that lie dormant in our lives. Ernest Holmes once wrote, I live today as though the words of my affirmative prayer were already accomplished facts in my experience. Act as if and it shall be. Let me give you an example of a story. Um, Oddly, a friend of mine shared with me recently, and it echoes something that we learned about in week 10 of that Science of Mind book group. And that that was that chapter that I didn't want to play with. I disagreed with a lot, but this made sense to me. Um, Said there was a sad, kind of hopeless-looking widow came to her um, asking for prayer for the perfect new companion. The widow had done what many of us in New Thought have learned to do and what we talked about in class. She made her list of exactly what she desired in this new mate, and she presented it to her minister for the prayer to be done. She was, however, totally unprepared for the question her minister asked her after hearing the list. And what have you got to offer this fine man? After pondering for a while, she said she'd give it some thought, and she left. Now, understand, you who were in the class, that list was kind of derogatory when we read about it in chapter 10, right? By today's standards, it was, it was not okay. But this took a good spin. The lady returned a month later with a different attitude. She was walking tall, and she had a spring in her step, and she was well put together and had a softer look on her face. And she handed the minister the gift of a loaf of freshly baked bread. And she told the minister, I'd like to make a comfortable home for my husband to be and be the kind of wife he's dreaming of. So I've begun to practice. 
says, as you might expect, it was only a very short time before she met Mr. Wright. The universe could do nothing but create that for which she had prepared. That's the key. I want to be the kind of wife they're dreaming of. Isn't that an interesting spin on that chapter 10? Because that, that was not my original takeaway from that. So I appreciated this story. Treat yourself as though you already are what you wish to be. By having the courage to declare yourself as already being where you want to be and following it with action, you, in essence, put the universe on notice, right? This concept can be applied to any areas of life. At any moment, you can make a silent agreement between you and God. Your inner power, your all good to work in harmony with the forces of the universe. Ask yourself, how do I cooperate with the universe in bringing about my desire or my need? If you desire improved health, do you present a face full of woe and pain at the start of the day? Do you complain and acknowledge all of that? Or do you give thanks for being alive and for the physical resources you do have? If you look in the refrigerator and see less food than you'd like, give thanks for what is there and eat it with gusto. Start acting as one who will always have enough. When you look in the mirror and see a physical appearance that doesn't meet your approval, visualize the possibilities and then work toward them. And let me just note, that which you see in the mirror is not the truth. When we look at ourselves in a mirror, we are not seeing the truth the world sees. So bear that in mind as you're working toward things. When you look at your career or lifestyle and what you're about, what's happening, isn't as fulfilling or exciting as you'd like it to be, you start taking on the actions and persona of one who is doing their divine work. When you look in your wallet and you see less money than you think you need, do you bless it just as the master teacher blessed the loaves and fishes and then fed 5,000? Bless it and affirm that God is your source and then follow Edwin Gaines' suggestion. You go out and do something that makes you feel abundant. And there's a caveat to that. When I say do something that makes you feel abundant, the best way to do that is by helping somebody else. It will always make you feel better. What we don't want to do to feel abundant is go out and spend money we don't have because debt does not make anyone feel a positive sense of abundance, right? Ernest Holmes speaks of a great truth in the Science of Mind textbook on page 302. All the power of the universe is with you. Feel it know it, and then act as though it were true. There's a great statement that we often use. What God can do for me, God must do through me, in me, as me, is me, right? Think about this idea. The activity of God is expressed by providing us with unlimited good. Our action, however, is the operation that completes the manifestation of God's good. This concept is a simple one. It's one that doesn't need to be discussed 
too much. It needs to be activated. What action could you take today to get the universe operating? A level of success and inner peace beyond anything we have desired to imagine can be ours if we add secrets seven and eight to the list we've already covered. When we begin acting as if and we choose at which level we want to play the millionaire game of life. So where do you want to play? Is it at the $1,000 level where you let go of blame? Is it at the $32,000 level where, where you forgive and release resentment? Or is it the million-dollar level where you come from a place of peace and love? The choice is totally yours. So I guess the big question of the morning is, who wants to be a millionaire? Thank you.